fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You're darn right it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. Man, it's the midweek already. Can you believe it? It's flying right on by, and there's a lot to talk about today. I don't know, honestly, how we're going to get to everything in the program in this next hour, but we will do our darndest. So welcome into it, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, though. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. What's up? Welcome aboard. Great to have you today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single Day. Boy, we have a heck of a show. Bottom of the hour, Selwyn Duke. He is an author. He is also a contributor to The New American, which you can find online at thenewamerican.com. Selwyn's joining us. Kind of a weird topic today, obviously, with some of the shootings that have gone on over the country the last few weeks. He's talking about the research he's done on are we seeing an increase in younger shooters across the nation and why with his studies on preteen sociopaths. Say what? We'll get to that here in just a little bit, so we'll chat with him. We have some uh, potential out of Washington, D.C. We have some tax conversations and more, but I don't want to waste any time because we have one heck of a guest to kick off the program right out of the gate, baby. That's how we roll here as we get into our What's Trending. What's Trending Today. And I know that we're coming off an election, and I know that we have some time before the next big election, but this is still top of mind for a lot of individuals. I mean, we came out of the midterm elections in November scratching our heads saying, wait, were we supposed to get like a red wave or something? And we got a slight majority in the House of Representatives. We did not get the U.S. Senate. And the next question is, what will Republicans do going into the presidential election? As former President Donald Trump has already announced his run for 2024, it's expected that Ron DeSantis is going to run. We, by the way, have a really big guest coming on in a couple days as well on Friday. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who's also had a book come out, uh, and he's from the hometown right here in Wichita, Kansas, where we hail out of. Uh, we're going to sit down with him, and the rumor has it that he may throwing uh, may be throwing his hat in the ring as well. But the election integrity is still a major issue. Legislators all over the country at the statewide level are still working on ways to try and clean up election integrity. And where are we? with that process. Really happy and honored to have on the program with us here. She is the lawyer for the Trump 2024 campaign. Also of the new book, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Really honored and happy to have on the program with us here, Christina Bob. Christina, how are you today? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on the program. I appreciate you very much. Uh, what a fascinating topic, as you mentioned. We were talking a little bit off the air about a non-election season, still talking about elections. But this is still top of mind for people. I mean, election integrity and now that legislative sessions all over the country are happening, that still seems to be a lot of uh, legislation that are being presented in states all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so proud of American citizens that are not letting this go. We saw the media blitz that they tried to do November 3rd, November 4th, trying to convince everyone, oh, this is the most secure election in U.S. history. And, <laughs> you know, Joe Biden is the most popular president in U.S. history. And people are just waking up to it saying, no, you know, I, I don't think so. That might not be right. Or, you know, there was a lot of weird things that happened. And I want to understand what happened. And People are stepping up to make sure that our elections are secure. And I'm just really proud and honored to get to 
work with a lot of these people and see what they're doing out on the ground and in the grassroots. And I, I'm encouraged for what lies ahead for America. Yeah. Amen to that. Talk about some some of what you found in the book. And we've had different documentaries. Mike Lindell from My Pillow came out with his documentary and what he thought happened yeah. in 2020. We had Dinesh Jasuza come out with his documentary and what he thought happened in 2020. And obviously there's a lot of other investigations that are going on. And you're right, other people just blow it off as well. It's either old news and there's nothing we can do, so who cares? Or yeah. it really didn't happen and Joe Biden really did get his 83, 80, 45 million votes in that election. But from what you've seen, what are you working on and what, what have we found out about this? Well, my assessment is that Democrats stole the election and Republicans covered it up. And for most of my efforts post-2020, we barely got the opportunity to fight Democrats on the issue because we had to fight Republicans the entire time. And Republicans are just as much, if not more, of the problem. So my my book really just goes along my investigation and all the interviews that I did and the elected officials that I was working with and, you know, what we were trying to accomplish. And, um, I, you know, the reader just follows me along with it. So there's a lot of stories about my interactions with, you know, elected officials all over the country and some of the witnesses all over the country. Uh, and it's just astonishing to me that we could have cleaned up 2020 in November of 2020. Like, we could have done it quickly if there were enough people who we're willing to say, you know what, we have to take a closer look at this before we get to January 6th. So we could have done it, but we didn't because Republicans have become the party of cowards. They've been the party of let's go along to get along. Let's let Democrats do whatever crazy Democrats do so we can keep our seats. We can keep our fancy titles and be proud of ourselves. And uh, they're ruining this country because they're cowards. Yeah, uh, it falls right in line with what we've heard even this last election for the midterms, where it seems like even Mitch McConnell on the Senate side didn't appropriate the money where he needed to in certain elections to where we could have, it seemed like, won the election on the Senate side and gained the majority. But they almost yeah. want to be the minority to complain about things and say this is what we'll do next time, but not actually ever go and do it. Is it is this what the trend that we're seeing right now? Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. So I think what's happening is this corruption has seeped through both the Democrat and Republican Party for decades, and they've taken on different roles. Like I said, the Republicans were the cowards. Democrats were the ones that were really feeding the corruption. Um, and that was actually the original title of the book, was Cowardice and Corruption. And we, ma- we decided to make it a little more election-specific. But I-, I think that's just the way that it's been. But this MAGA movement is kind of forcing the corruption onto the Democrat side, because conservatives are becoming vocal and active in their communities and they're putting MAGA patriots in office at the very least at the primary level. And so when you have all these MAGA patriots at the primary level, the the swamp cannot rely on the Republican party anymore to play their game. And so it's forcing the corruption into the Democrat party. So I think that's why one, why we have such a vast divide, but I, I, think it's actually a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's good because we're cleaning out the Republican Party and the Democrat Party is next if it survives. You know, I think conservatives, not just conservatives, a good, honest American are going to do the hard work necessary to clean up the elections to make sure it's secure. I do expect that to happen. I expect us to have a good, honest election in 2024 or something relatively close to it. And uh, I, I think it will eventually get cleaned up. 
That would be interesting. We're talking with Christina Bob, author of the book Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. She's also the lawyer for the Trump 2024 campaign. That's where I wanted to go next was, I mean, right now we do have a slim majority in the House of Representatives and many of them, especially the holdouts when we voted for the McCarthy Speaker of the House, which was fascinating to watch, I think. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was wonderful. And conservatives holding their ground when it came to Lauren Boeber and uh, and, and uh, 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 the other, uh, Matt Gates and some of the other ones that they, yeah. they held their ground. And now we're seeing conservatives and MAGA individuals actually hold uh, positions in committees and even run certain committees. Do you see this as a positive and will it start changing the way DCs run right now? A hundred percent. It's the first sign of life in, in our Congress. You know, con- the reason we have, you know, 535 members of Congress in the House and Senate is it's supposed that our, our founding fathers wanted there to be conflict. They wanted there to be this discourse and people debating and arguing over what was best for the nation and ultimately you come up to the best conclusion. Well, we haven't had that for decades because everyone goes along to get along and they all agree behind closed doors and just say, okay, just toe the party line. And finally, I feel a heartbeat in Congress, you know, with Matt Gates and his lead, leading the charge of, no, we're actually going to debate this. We're actually going to stand our ground, and you actually have to give us some concessions. And he got what he wanted. I think he served his constituents, not just his constituents, the entire nation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And I don't normally do this, and I try not to make a habit of it, but I will actually give Kevin McCarthy some credit because he also has done what he said, and he has put them on committees. You know, he could have been spiteful and said, I'm not going to let you be in, on committees. I'm not going to let you be involved. But he didn't. And, you know, i got to give him credit for that. Yeah, I do as well. I really hope he sticks to it as we continue on further down the line, because we yeah. have some major issues coming up, including the debt ceiling, government shutdowns, and others. So I hope he sticks to his mm-hmm. guns and uh, continues with the promises that he made. Being part of the legal team for the Trump campaign as well, obviously, like you mentioned, I mean, we've had a lot of issues in the 2020 race. Are you guys prepared for what's coming up in 2024, and what could that potentially look like? Because I'm assuming they're going to throw everything at you guys again to make him not they a viable are. candidate, and that's already started, I think. <laughs> yeah, I cannot even fathom what they're going to try to throw at us again, particularly at him, um, but President Trump. You know, they come up with the most bizarre accusations that quickly fall apart, you know, given six months to a year. So who knows what they're going to do next? But just like every other hoax that they've tried, he's going to weather that storm. He's going to come out victorious. Quite honestly, the more they try it, I think the more it turns the people against them. So, you know, we'll we'll see what they try. But we'll be ready for it. We're excited about 2024. We're, uh, you know, of course, we all believe very much in Donald Trump and believe that he will be victorious. But we recognize there's a lot of work to do and that, you know, we got to get a lot of people involved. Well, I mean, he's not allowed to have classified documents, right? Joe Biden can have them next to his Corvette in his garage, but Trump can't have any classified documents. Yeah, Trump isn't allowed to do anything <laughs> that the the powers that be haven't expressly said he's allowed to do. You know, yeah. the, the rules do not apply to Donald. The the rules do not apply to Donald Trump in the sense that they're going to make something up. But I mean... Quite honestly, this whole fiasco has really just justified his call with Zelensky because he was like, hey, I think there's something weird going on with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in the Ukraine. Can you tell me what's going on? Everyone tried to hang him for it. Well, turns out he was right. Hunter Biden got Ukraine documents, classified documents in his house. We've got stuff on the laptop showing that, you know, there's 10 percent going to the big guy. Hunter's getting kickbacks from Burisma. I mean, President Trump was right. 
Of course, on every like like he is on everything. He was right. There's a problem there. Yeah, he's been right on a lot of stuff. We got just a couple minutes left here yeah. uh, before we have to let you go. The book is Stealing Your Vote: The Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. And you already kind of hinted towards it a little bit, but uh, there's a lot of people that I've heard from that are MAGA individuals, conservatives, and Trump supporters who are concerned about Donald Trump going into another general election because of the way the electoral system is. On will they steal it again, and will we be back in the same boat? With with putting a Democrat in the presidency in 2024. Uh, how secure do you think it will be by that time as we continue to clean up that system? Well, I think if everybody gets involved, I mean, we all, we all have to throw our weight behind this. The advantage that we have, you know, we there's different advantages on both sides, the left and the right. The advantage that MAGA has is there's way more of us than there are of them. And so this big majority that we all know we have, but nobody ever sees, has to get involved. Mm. And for those that are concerned and say, oh, I don't know if our elections are secure, well, Get involved and find out, you know, become part of the solution. And, and I, one, I think it'll give you a lot of hope because you'll realize there's a lot of great people working on this, a lot of great people that really want to see our elections secure and are, are giving their time, money and resources to actually be a part of the solution. And I think that will make you feel better. But two, it will also help us because, you know, it's another body that we need working on it. So for those that are concerned and aren't really sure what to do, the, the best uh, resolution for that is to get involved and find out for yourself. Get involved and go and vote. I love it. Stealing Your Vote is the book. Go and check it out. Christina, it's so great and honor to have you on the program. I appreciate you very, very much. Keep up the fight. Keep up going. I know it's going to be a hard battle for you guys for the next couple of years, but uh, I know you guys have it and I appreciate it. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. There we go. Good stuff there. We'll break it down when we come back here. So much to do here on a Wednesday on The Voice of Reason. Back after this here on The Voice Reason for a midweek celebration. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks again to Christina coming on the show. Again, she is the lawyer for the Trump 2024 campaign. Also, her book that just came out as well, talking about the elections, Stealing the Vote. We appreciate her. We'll get her back on the show again real soon. Man, I tell you what, killing it is what we're doing here on the program. That's what we do every single day. By the way, speaking of the Trump campaign, the next question is, who's he going to partner with? Who's going to tag team with to run? Who's going to be the running mate? Obviously, Mike Pence is out of the picture because Mike Pence is looking for a potential run of his own on the presidency, which if you want to put on the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory thing for a second, that's one of the reasons probably why he released his quote unquote classified documents now to bring the attention away from Joe Biden back onto the Republicans, look like he's working with the Department of Justice and the National Archives and then try and put attention back onto Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump has come out and defended Mike Pence and said, leave him alone. There's, he did nothing wrong. So that's cool. I guess they're on semi-decent terms, but I highly doubt that they're actually going to be running mates again going into 2024. I'm just throwing that out there. So who could it be that's going to run actually with the Trump campaign? And I think it would be smart for him to to announce it relatively early in the race. Maybe not now, obviously, 
we still have like two years to go for this thing, but it might be a good idea for him to announce it relatively early before anybody else because it would really build up the base. Right now, I think Donald Trump, from what I've heard at least, the rumor mill and talking to people on the street, is that while they still like Donald Trump, they're hesitant about him running again because will they pull the same shenanigans they did last time? And as we just talked about with Christina, that, hey, if you're concerned about that, then we need to, again, overbear the system so much that it breaks the algorithm and therefore we uh, you know, have a chance at actually winning this thing. There's a name that's popped up that I find kind of interesting. And that name is Congresswoman from the state of Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, now, oh boy. Now, you want to talk about breaking the establishment. You want to talk about breaking the norm in D.C., getting rid of the establishment hack rhino Republicans and just going full on MAGA and just overturning the tables at the outside of the mosque kind of thing. If you do something like that, that would definitely rally, I think, the MAGA individuals. It would scare the rhinos, and it would definitely scare the hell out of the Democrats. The Democrats have already gone on sabotage mode trying to uh, criminalize them and try to downplay them because Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and all these other conservatives that were somewhat of the holdouts from Kevin McCarthy's speaker vote are the ones that are now heading up some of these committees or at least being part of these committees that's making Democrats squirm and lose their minds. They still go after Marjorie Taylor Greene for being quote of the, the quote-unquote QAnon movement or being part of the conspiracy theory realm or whatever else they try to say. So they would demonize her to the nth degree, but would it really phase Republicans if she was? If she did run with Trump and was the VP choice, it would solidify the red states, I think, in the southern regions of the country. I don't know if that necessarily helps because he already had those locked in, but it would definitely boost that morale from there, him coming from Florida, her coming from Georgia, and kind of running. I don't know if that's politically smart, but man, you want to talk about a firebrand where you know she's not going to take any crap, then you know the ticket. Donald Trump and MTG rocking it together, that would be a hell of a ticket. I, I don't know what to think about it. I'm not saying I endorse it, but it would definitely be one that would shake up the political realm for sure because it would not be wanting to. It's a message being sent to everybody saying, we're not here to play nice. We're here to do what needs to be done and what we believe needs to be done. I think that many moderate Republicans would shy away from that ticket, but I think it would also bring a lot of people out of the woodworks that don't normally vote that are politically inactive because they don't like the system that says, hey, this is going to overturn the tables everywhere, and I like that idea. So that's been floating out there. NBC News is breaking that when Marjorie Taylor Greene aims to be Trump's VP pick in 2024, which is maybe why she tried to play nice during the whole Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House vote. Because Trump was encouraging everybody to vote for Kevin McCarthy and to not look foolish as a party. And she's been rock solid behind Trump the entire time. That would be an interesting ticket. Your thoughts on that when we come back in more. Selwyn Duke right around the corner as well for the New American. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Oh, man, there's so much to talk about and so little time to do it. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through on the home stretch here for a midweek celebration. Thanks for hanging out with us wherever you may be. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting on all our different platforms and multiple radio stations all over the place. I do want to give you a shout out as well that if you are watching on the live streams, First off, welcome. You can find it really anywhere. We are like almost spread a little too thin with so many platforms. You can find it on our personal pages on social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason on uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch.tv and Getter. And we also have our other social media that has Instagram and TikTok and those as well. Then we have OpsLens. That is the great network that simulcasts us on their social media and their website and their app as well at OpsLens.com. O-P-S-L-E-N-S.com and their app on their social media with their Facebook and their YouTube and their Twitch.tv and their Getter as well. So we are all over the place. We got a lot of views online and we love you guys to death and appreciate that very, very much. There's some news coming out, by the way, with OpsLens that we'll get to later on but highly recommend it. there's been some weird glitchiness in the opsland stream on facebook so if you try to watch it on facebook sometimes then i recommend go to getter you got to get the getter sign up for getter and you can find opslands or my page and you can watch it on there as a lot of people are moving there and we get some really cool numbers so what's up guys and welcome aboard appreciate that let's get into our what's trending of the day What's trending today? Back to back, man. We had Christina Bob on the program, lawyer for the Trump 2024 campaign just a little bit ago in her new book. And now this guy, which I love, he's our investigative journalist that we love to go to. Uh, and we have him on the show as much as we possibly can. As uh, obviously there's been in the news again, the issues of shootings across the nation. And what are teenagers and young preteens growing up to view the world? And how are they going to contribute <laughs> to the issue of violence in community. Excited to have on the program. He's a contributor to The New American, along with other uh, outlets as well, Mr. Selwyn Duke. Selwyn, Happy New Year. How are you, my friend? Thank you. Same to you, Andy. I'm great. And how are you? Hey, we are living the dream. It's always good to have you on the program because it, investigative journalism isn't dead, and you proved that, even though the mainstream media doesn't like to do it themselves. <laughs> yeah, well, I try my best, and as far as the mainstream media goes... They only investigate how to propagandize the population more effectively, right? Yeah, they're all about that divide and conquer, and we're seeing that day in and day out. Let's talk about the shootings. Obviously, there's been some major shootings over the last week or so, which is, again, unfortunate. It's sad. But are we focusing on the right thing? The mainstream media, the Democrats, the elites in D.C., they always go after the first and foremost is, well, the gun. I mean, if we just ban the gun, then it wouldn't happen, and all the gun shootings would go away. We could have stabbings. I just saw a video on social media, actually, right before I went on the program, of a gal who walked in with an axe, like a splitting wall for wood, that walked into a gas station, swung it at a guy and chopped his like cheek off, and then attacked another lady that was in a checkout line and ran off. Didn't happen with a gun, but by golly, we're not talking about those. What's going on with this whole Second Amendment and shootings issue across the nation? Do we have an anger issue in the country? Yeah, well, obviously you might say, why don't we propose knife control too? And don't say that too loudly because they actually did that in Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the bottom line is this. Even if you believe in gun control and I don't, you should understand that there's a deeper issue here, a much deeper issue. I mean, listen, Andy, in the 1940s and 50s, boys would sometimes take rifles openly on the New York City subways. Think about that because they had riflery clubs at school. Yeah. No one panicked. There were no shootings. So what has changed in our society? Well, we know very well, many of us anyway, that we're experiencing a moral crisis. 
but how do you define this well? Well, think about this, because I'm a bit of a philosopher. If you could convince people that morality didn't exist, obviously you might think you were setting the stage for great evil to occur, but in a very real sense, people have come to believe that. And what I'm talking about is, I've long said that moral relativism, the idea that there really is no right or wrong, it's all just a function of what man believes, it's a social construct, that that has been the characteristic philosophical disease of our time. It has swept our civilization. Well, lo and behold, some years ago, I came across a 2002 Barna Group Research Company study that vindicated what I had been saying. It found that back then already, get this, only 6% of teens believed in absolute truth. Okay, only 6%. Now, here's the thing. When you don't have the truth to refer to when making moral decisions, what do you have left to use as a yardstick? Well, there's one thing you have left. The main thing is emotion. And sure enough, that's what Barna found. The method that Americans were most likely to use when making decisions as to how to act was emotion. What felt right? Okay, now that we know that, we have to ask, well, how are kids' feelings today being shaped? How are their emotions being shaped they're being shaped with popular culture, which is very, very dangerous, very destructive. It's rife with violence, rife with gratuitous sexuality. And I don't know, maybe I'm going on too long, but there's a very, very interesting study that took place in the 90s, and it was very, very valid too, I believe. And what it found was very interesting. It found that in any part of the world you pick, 15 years, Andy, after television was introduced, crime shot way up, way up. Now, why 15 years? Because that's the amount of time it takes to wean one generation on violent television fare. And get this, there was also another aspect to this study. In South Africa, television had been banned till 1975 for internal security reasons. And up until that point, crime rates in South Africa were lower than in other nations with similar demographics. But once they legalized television, you saw the same phenomenon. 15 years later, at most, crime shot way up. So this is something we really should be thinking about. Now, again, stop me if I'm going on too long, but one problem people have with this, Andy, is that oftentimes they become defensive because it's very easy for us to throw shade on things of the next generation, but we tend to defend the entertainment we grew up with. And I had to come to terms with the fact at one point that many of the things that I grew up with were not completely wholesome. It's very important to discern, uh, turn that discerning eye upon the things we grew up with, not just the things of the next generation. That's one factor. You have violent video games. And these things are very significant because, again, as I said, years ago, we didn't have very many gun control laws. But we didn't have as much violence. We didn't have these school shootings. So something has changed above and beyond just access to guns, right? Yeah, exactly. Man, I tell you, this is why I love having you on the program, because you literally covered like all the points that we wanted to make. And you going to that philosophical level is right in the sweet spot of what we like to do on this program. Let's talk about that absolute truth for a second, though. I was not aware that the those that believed in a quote-unquote absolute truth was that low? Now, does that constitute as well as a religious belief or a higher power belief of there's an absolute truth based on a higher power or a higher being above humans? Or was that just this is what right, this is what's right, and this is what's wrong, period, end of story, just go along with it? I mean, where does that fall in line? 
Okay, well, obviously, the concept of absolute truth correlates with there being a God, because the idea is that there is a God, he has established moral law, we often call that truth, and it's non-negotiable. Now, if you embrace atheism, and I used to be a non-believer, understand, so I know exactly where these people are coming from, if you embrace atheism, a corollary of that is that there is no truth, because who's to say, then... Man is the measure of all things, as the Greek philosopher Protagoras put it. And then ultimately, everything boils down to occultist Aleister Crowley's formulation, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. You know, who's to say what's right or wrong? It's all a matter of perspective. You remember, Andy, not that many years ago, we used to hear this from liberals all the time. They would say, that's your truth. Someone else's truth might be different, or don't impose your values on me. And understand before, when I cited the Barna Group study, I was saying 6% of teenagers didn't believe in truth. Now, among the general population, it was only 30-some-odd percent. There was 6% of teenagers who did believe in truth. I think I misspoke there. It was 30-odd percent of the general population that believed in truth, but still a minority. So, yes, it is pretty low. And not only that, get this, only 9% of born-again teens believed in truth. So that tells you how far gone even many people who claim to be believers are. I mean, that means they've completely missed the point of their faith, because obviously Jesus told us that not only is there a truth, but he told us what it is. He's the truth. So yes, it obviously correlates with religious belief, with Christianity, which has been declining precipitously in recent years. Well, and that's the next point is now we see the trends that, and I've seen the study over and over, and I'm sure you can confirm that as government size grows, those that have religious belief begin to dwindle. Because like you said, we, we stop looking for the higher power to solve the issues or to look for guidance. And we start looking towards man to solve it. Whenever a shooting happens, what do we do first? We just go to the government and say, government, do something. Government, pass a regulation. Government, pass a law. Do something because we don't want to see this happen any longer. So the next question is, is how can we, quote unquote, regulate morality through the government, which is what I think we're trying to do now, as opposed to the family values at home, teaching people what is right and what is wrong based on the religious values or just based on the basic morality principles that we have in the home we don't have those any longer because we're looking for the government to do something. Right, right. Well, obviously, if you don't really believe in the higher power, Andy, you often tend to make the government your higher power or your highest power. And of course, the statists love that. That's why they've always attacked the church. That's why the Chinese government does it today. That's why Stalin did it in the Soviet days, because they understand that the church is their main competitor. If people put God's laws first and foremost, then when the government's laws conflict with those, people are going to say, wait a second, we can't abide by these governmental laws, because they're wrong, and of course the government doesn't want that. But absolutely but here's the thing i tell you what, so have to say it, now, hold on the, yeah. hold on yeah hold that thought real quick we got to take a hard break here in just a second so i want to continue that conversation because again it, it is fascinating on where we're seeing that line being drawn and like you said the breakdown of those moralities your reality is different than mine so therefore we need to question it don't impose your morality on to me it goes into a lot of social issues we're seeing today uh when we come back i want to continue that but also ask when it bleeds into maybe the abortion issue on the value of life and devaluing human life is that an increase of an effect on this as well? Lots more coming up. We're selling Duke right here on a Wednesday for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Is it just me or did this entire program just go by as a blur? It went by so fast we've covered so much ground. Welcome back into it. Last few minutes of the show here. We are killing it with Selwyn Duke, the man himself, SelwynDuke.com. You can also check out his writings at TheNewAmerican.com and other sites as well as we talk about the loss of morality the questioning of authority and questioning of morality just to push those boundaries it's very frustrating sometimes i've been in those debates on social media and in person of well yeah we can't don't try to impose your morality onto me which is a new thing now so you may have heard of this what is, what do they call it the the christian nationalism or christian radical right nationalism or something to where uh, it's the religious types imposing their will at the governmental level which I admit I don't want either because I don't – I mean, we like a separation of church and state. Even though that's not in the Constitution, we have our Judeo-Christian values that are already built into the Constitution. Unlike what Kamala Harris says when she says the right to liberty and pursuit of happiness, she forgot the whole life thing, which is pretty wild. But while we see massive shootings going on across the country, do you think that's contributed, especially with the abortion debate when we said, hey, this is a human – thing this is a living organism and we look at bacteria as a living organism on mars but yet we've devalued the human life experience because well it doesn't matter unless we say it matters because there's apparently some arbitrary line on when life actually matters and when it doesn't has this contributed to the maybe the dehumanization or desensitizing of the young generation I would say no doubt, and I'd say, Andy, it's both a cause and an effect. Now, it's a cause because obviously when you have rampant abortion, that's basically an object lesson that sends the message that human life doesn't really matter. You can take it if it's inconvenient for you. But it's also an effect of what we've been talking about because, like I said, relativism is a corollary of atheism. And you have to remember this. The whole idea behind human life being sacred, Andy, is that we were created by God. And we're not just flesh, we're also spirit, we're sacred beings. Therefore, you can't just take human life, innocent human life, willy-nilly, okay? However, think about it. If we're just cosmic accidents, if we just arose out of the muck, then what are we? We don't have spirit, we don't have souls. Then we're basically just organic robots, some pounds of chemicals and water. That's what we are. Or as botanist Lawrence Trevanion put it, objects that perceive. That's how he described human beings. Now, of course, then you have to conclude, what could be wrong with terminating the function of a robot if you think that robot isn't functioning the way you'd like it to? What's wrong with manipulating the circuitry of a robot, which we could call genetic engineering, right? What's wrong with manipulating the software of a robot? That would be social engineering, you see? Then the sky's the limit, or maybe I should say Hades is the limit. But that's ultimately what it comes down to, and that's why it's so important to have this belief in God, because otherwise, how do you possibly say that human life is worth anything? Because again, we're just organic robots. Now now that we're talking about this, I just want to say one more thing, Andy. I want to also give people a solution, because we always talk about the problems, but oftentimes the solutions aren't discussed enough. Okay, so we have this moral crisis. Our morals have been undermined. What is the solution to that? The solution is moralization. Okay, now, if morality came in a jar, what would be on the ingredients label? Well, virtues would be things like charity, chastity, carriage, diligence, hope, love, so on and so forth. I mean, there are many of them. Now, once you understand this, things start to become clear, Andy, because it's like this. 
if you want to teach a child tennis or become better at tennis yourself, you come to understand the principles of tennis and then you apply them. Same thing here. If you want to improve the morality of your society or your child or in yourself, you come to understand the principles of morality and then you try to cultivate them in yourself and inculcate them in your children and encourage them in others. So what is my prescription here? One, come to understand that truth exists. No, morality is not a matter of opinion. We're talking about objective reality here. And then come to understand what the truth dictates, what those elements of morality are, namely the virtues, and then try to cultivate them. Now, it's not easy to do necessarily, but it's very easy to understand. And we just have to set out to do it. There it is. I, I completely agree. It's going to be a tough challenge to try and bring awareness to the issue. But if we're going to survive it and if we're going to move forward in a positive light, that's what needs to be done. And I think it can be done. And again, like you said, not through the government and through regulation of doing something, but leading by example in your community. Because when you do it and you're doing well, other people are going to want to see exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it as well. So when we're out of time, my friend, this is why I love having you on the program. I appreciate it so much. we got to do this again real soon, brother love to thank you very much and god bless hey you as well always a pleasure there it is that does it for us today what a heavy conversation all across the board for the entire hour i love it hopefully you did as well we'll do it again tomorrow on the program until then be your own voice of reason be that catalyst for change in your own community this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio